You're listening to Better on the Inside with John Pyle, part of the TCD Podcast Network. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Better on the Inside, a podcast about working for a church without losing your soul. My name is John Pyle. I am your host and digital pastor on this journey. Today, I get to talk to Chamberlain Signs, a guy who works at City Church San Antonio with me, but a fascinating dude who has had an amazing, amazing story with God. But part of his story is church heard. And part of what we explore is how this church, not like another church or some other, you know, entity out there, how this church has hurt him and has hurt his spiritual growth and other kinds of things. And man, he is very relatable. And so if you're out there and you've been hurt by a church, whether it's as an attender, as a volunteer, as a staff member, his story is incredible because he doesn't skip the realness, but he also gets to a good place that's authentically earned at the end. It is an amazing conversation about how sometimes the church is your wilderness. You are not going to want to miss it because this is the essence and the core of what we want this podcast to be, right? Exploring what it means to work for a church without compromising your spiritual life because it's so easy to run dry when you're trying to feed these kind of communities and you get caught between the spiritual community and the 501c3. So I love this conversation. I think it's going to help with you too. And Chamberlain is just wonderfully transparent and vulnerable in it. Man, thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the conversation. Hey, everybody. I am sitting here with the man, the myth, the legend, an amazing podcast voice, a pastor in his own right, really, even though that may not be your title, Chamberlain Signs. How are you, Chamberlain? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Chamberlain and I are are friends. We are. Outside of this, right? We yeah. work at the same church. Like, let's get that context out. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about what your official title is, but that's not really important. Yeah, Because well, you've done a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The title, I, I honestly, man, I don't even think about those kind of things. I just know what I do here yeah. at the church. You know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of like, I don't pay attention to that so much, but Right. Yeah, I guess I should have at some point because if somebody asks me, I'm just like, oh, I'm in maintenance. Well, I don't. But know also, I don't to... but also, the title doesn't like you can tell somebody your title and it doesn't explain anything about what you do. Yeah, and I think I think I got to that place just because of that idea of like what where I've lived, where mm-hmm. everything that I've done defined who I was. Right. And I got to this point where that didn't anymore. So mm. I just don't think about that anymore. Oh, I you're guess. already dropping. A I word. guess you're already yeah. dropping a word. Yeah. I love it. But you've led marriage program. You've led small groups. You've led circles. You've yeah. also been just, just, quote unquote, a maintenance dude, right? Just, yeah, just that guy cleaning up around the church. Yeah. 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 And uh, your friendly neighborhood maintenance yeah. guy. <laughs> that every church needs. Uh, you've also, you started as a volunteer, though. I did. I did. It's an interesting story how that even got there. Uh, I was a mess, man. Yeah, uh, okay. Let, yeah, you want to start the mess? Story. You want to start on, the man. mess? All Tell right, me all right. the story. All right, so, um, you know, I lived in Corpus prior to living here in San Antonio, and uh, I was struggling with addiction when we moved here, and uh, I started coming to this church, uh, and I met this guy who was in the church, and he was just like, hey, man, is this your first time? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you're going to love it here, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Everybody has said that. Yeah. And I have not loved it <laughs> at, in other places. And he goes, man, I was struggling with addiction. And it was crazy because I thought it was so random, you know. And for the first time, I said it out loud and I said it to a stranger. I'm like, man, I'm struggling right now. He's like, oh, you're in the right place. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Right? right. And, and so as that process kind of went through, I really wanted to like be at the church. I'm like, if I could just get away from all this, I'd be okay, right? Mm. That that was my mind frame. That's what I thought would would help me. 
And, um, you know, I just couldn't get connected, couldn't get connected. And, and man, God spoke to me something that I didn't want to hear. And he was like, hey, when you can do, be okay out there, I'll let you in here. And I don't know why he did that with me, but yeah. it was something about where I was at right. mentally and, and what I was doing. And so it was funny that I got clean and I had been clean for three months. And one of my friends, Sean, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Sean, uh, he was like, at the end of this retreat, he was like, hey, man, you should come volunteer on stage. And it just opened up that door, you know, but wow. I had, I'm sorry, uh, but I had already been clean, you know, so I was like, okay, God, God opened that door for me to start volunteering. And, and it was cool, man. It was such a, it, it, God just worked with me differently because he knows me and he knows I'm a mess and I'll be skeptical of everything. So he had to walk me through some things, but, yeah. but he got me to this place and man, I started working stage and it was fun, man. We had a lot of fun just, you know, moving mic stands and pushing the, yeah. the worship team out there. Wearing black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like a ninja behind yeah. the stage, you know? That's awesome. And so, you, I mean, that's a significant journey uh, of feeling like, okay, I don't know if being super skeptical, right? Of like, okay, but really me, an addict, I can start going now, right? And yeah. kind of doing that. But it was somebody who kind of, a friend who kind of called you in to something that's a little bit more, right? Yeah. Instead of just being there, being in the seats, to actually being involved in doing stuff yeah, and a significant thing. And I think that was my biggest part about that whole process, you know, in that beginning process when that guy's like, oh, you're going to love it here. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I honestly would come trying to nitpick things to where I could tear this thing apart. And I couldn't, mm. you know, for the first time, like I've been to a lot of churches. I grew up in church, but for the first time, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't. I couldn't find things that I could really like tear apart. And uh, finally, I just had to shut up and listen, you know? I just yeah. had to be like, okay, what's going on here, you know? Yeah. What, are, what are you trying to tell me, God? Oh, man, I get that. Because a lot of times we show up with that kind of attitude. In fact, the whole quote that started the show, Better on the Inside, comes from me visiting Church of the Highlands and at a conference and then, like, looking around for, okay, what's the problem? This looks too perfect, mm. right? And trying yeah. to, like, deconstruct of, like, mm, where's where's the skeletons in the yeah, closet, yeah. right? Like, where's the back room where everything's wrong and people are going to spill the beans? But a young woman talked about, man, I've attended church here. I've volunteered here. I've got on staff here. And it's better on the inside, mm. right? Every yeah. level has been better for my relationship with Jesus. And that's where the title came from because she said it's better on the inside. Wow. And I was like, there's a place like that? Like I like yeah. my super skepticism of trying yeah, to like yeah. deconstruct this whole thing of and she's like, no, it's better on the inside and I'm like, oh, that's a vision. Right? Yeah. The moment that I'm like, wait, you can work for a church and be closer to Jesus, not further away? Right, not further away, yeah. Because, I mean, if we're going to keep it 100, because you and I, we keep it 100, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I didn't start drinking until I started working for a church. <laughs> and Right, before yeah. before then, I was like, no, I don't really need... And then, like, I started working for a church, and I'm like, well, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit of beer, maybe some bourbon, right? Because, and, you know, it, we're all joking, it's a judgment-free zone, but at yeah. the same time, man, the level of anxiety the level of fear, the level of really just feeling like you're, you can be chewed up and spit out and kind of expendable yeah. really makes it a difficult place to work and be. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's crazy how, um, well, so for me, right, because I had an addiction 
issue, I, I, I'm not able to run to those things anymore. Right. And so that presents a whole nother problem, right? Like you, I can't go running back to the things that I used to do, right? If I'm trying right. to have a good relationship with Christ. And I think that's what, that's the hardest part that I found in like feeling hurts and all the things that I felt as a believer yeah. is that, you know, my walk is real to me because of where I've been and where I'm at today. But so, so I can't run back to those things that I used to run back to. But yeah. also, it was like driving me insane because then what do you do other right. than be angry and feel hurt and bitterness? You know what I mean? Absolutely. What like what option do you have because yeah. you don't have? Because I was using numbing mechanisms, right? Coping mechanisms to allow myself to get through something difficult that I hadn't even done before. But for you, you knew that if you went that direction, it affects everything, yeah, right? Yeah. It throws your life off the rails. And so you went from like volunteering and kind of being a part of this thing to eventually being on staff to getting more involved. Yeah. And that process was, unfortunately, in our church culture, I see a lot of folks go from, I attend here and I get to volunteer and, oh man, I love it. This is the coolest thing in the world. I'm I'm in the green room and I'm eating donuts back here and it's so cool. And then it's like you can get on staff and it feels like you're behind the curtain and you see how the sausage gets made. Yeah, yeah. And that's when it can start to hurt. And so talk to me a little bit about how that looked for you. Yeah, so I had no intention of coming to work here, right? I was having fun volunteering. It was great. And uh, one day I just felt this calling. I felt like this prompting, like I was supposed to come apply here. And I had a really good job, you know, I had a good future there and, Mm I made my own schedule and I, I was always around people and, you know, I'm a people person. So it was great. Um, but uh, I just felt like I was supposed to come work here and it was driving me crazy. And so finally I, I talked to a, a guy who used to work here at the time and he's like, well, they have this position available and, you know, you might want to look into it if you want to. And so I did. And and that process was kind of difficult. But, but what's funny is that right at the beginning of that, God said it would be my wilderness. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. Like I understood what the wilderness idea is, but I didn't realize like how long I would be in that wilderness. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, okay, God, like I'm surrendering to you. So I'll do whatever you want me to do. Right. And, uh, but man, that wilderness was, it was hit, bro. It was tough. Well, so often we think about the wilderness. We're like, okay, 40 days. I can do 40 days in the wilderness, right? But for you, what? How many, it, it 40 was, years. Yeah, yeah right. It. I mean, it's been, and if we're being honest, it's still like, we're still in it. It's a process. Yeah, so I've been here, uh, I, I think it'll be seven years next month, right? So right. so five of those years, really tough. Yeah. This last year, I think it was just more tough for me emotionally because just stuff going on in my personal life. But um, yeah, good five years of like just angry and hurt and you know, just trying to navigate through that and not let that spew on to like the people I was leading or the people I was around, which was so difficult, you know, and then sharing things with my wife that ended up, you know, Mm. hurting her, Oh yeah, you know, because she took up offense for me too. And so, man, I I made a mess. I really did. I made a mess out of the whole hurt situation, you know, which is it's unfortunate, but well, but a lot of it is not your your fault, right? And I I can relate to the wife piece because it, they're not here at the workplace. So any workplace, you go home and you tell your spouse the the best and the worst. Yeah. They get the high and the low of like they don't get the right. every day of like, oh today I made this in the microwave and somebody made a joke. Like you don't tell them yeah. every detail of your day. 
but it's just the highs and lows and they're often the person you complain to. Yeah. And it makes it complex when it's a church because it's her church technically too, right? Yeah, if yeah. You, when you work at a regular place, like when I worked in corporate, like my wife didn't have to go to corporate for anything. Yeah, there was no reason for her. Yeah, so it's like, nah, we can be separate, right? But when it's their church too, they're carrying offenses and they're looking at the people on the stage or the people that are leading things in a different light Yeah, because they kind of know the behind the scenes. And so the whole spouse thing is an entirely separate thing. But you're, you're talking from your perspective of like you're walking through this season and continuing to walk through this season. And a lot of people that are listening to this know the hurt and the pain of what it feels like to be placed in a position yeah. where your spiritual life kind of erodes or is challenging because you're working or leading at a church. Yeah. Whether it's a volunteer or whether it's a staff position. And so take a moment just to like, what was some of the hurt and the pain? And you don't have to like say specific people or specific things, but just like talk about what that pain was, because I think a lot of people can relate. And a lot of times they're doing it in silence because it feels like something you shouldn't complain about. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the biggest things was, uh, it's like any other job on the, on the business side of right. church, right? On the right. organizational side, it's any other job. You work mm -hmm. with people and everybody has different personalities and every and so like for me i was like well if i'm gonna put up with this stuff i could go put up with this stuff somewhere else right because, and make a lot more money yeah because we working for a church we're not better but we're different and we should behave differently right yeah. and, and, but but we're human right so right. in my mind right. i had this false idea of what humans should be like because yeah. you work at a church uh -huh. right and, and at the same time, I'm not even living up to that standard, right? But right. I'm not seeing that because I'm only seeing it from one side. I'm seeing sure. it from my my view outwards. And uh, so so some of that was really difficult. Just, you know, I, I started to lead a, a Bible study group. Just I felt God calling me to do it. And I did it. And there was just, you know, a lot of talk about that, whether there were other intentions or things of that nature. And, you know, for me, I came to a big church that may I felt disconnected at when I left. And so the idea was to help people to feel connected, right? right? They, they would have some place to be connected. So when they came to church, they could see other people and they could, you know, mm -hmm. just, just be in community. Yeah. And the other thing was, um, you know, people struggling with their addictions and, and what they would normally do on a Friday night that they would have somewhere else to go. You had right. another option. Uh, so, so for me, it was an extension of what this place had done for me. And throughout some this process, I don't know what was going on on the other side, or, or maybe we just didn't have clear communication, right, organizationally and, and me personally, um, to say, hey, what are your intentions? What are you doing? But there were a lot of talks about different things, right? And, and I won't really go into that, but sure. it was just uh, just talks. And, and, and I don't know how true all of that was or wasn't, but, but there was a lot of it, right? So it was yeah. kind of like hurtful, and I was just like, you know, I don't understand. Like, I'm doing what... You, you're teaching to do we're to right. be the church we're to yeah. be in community and so a lot of that happened for a long time and there was just you know just all these feelings of like me being unsupported and unwanted at at the church is what i felt yeah and, and there wasn't really one specific person that i could say what well, was from this person and i was angry at this person so it felt organizationally like the organization is against me the whole you know? place. Yeah. yeah like the whole place because 
you know, knowing, being on the other side of it and kind of knowing what that looked like, you did, you're doing an amazing thing, right? You're leading this incredible group of people that grew significantly because, at least in part, because of your story. People felt so comfortable there. Like people yeah. could come and just show up however they were and learn and you wanted to take people into this process and be a part of a community right. because at a large church, it's easy to get disconnected. Yeah. And so you're doing this really good thing. And there's some kind of, it became, uh, the best term that I could think of is like, it feels like it's political where all of a sudden people have opinions about something Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good and some positive and some maybe not as positive. Right. But all of a sudden you're in this place where you feel like you have to defend and justify what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you're like, but I'm, I'm doing what you're telling me to do from the stage and I'm doing what you're telling me to do in our all staff meetings. Yeah. So why is there resistance to this? Yeah. And you, the first thing you said is so good of, it's a job. And I think working for a church, it can feel like, oh, I got hired by the church and we're going to go into Narnia and it's going to be heaven on earth, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, we're going to be in our perfect bodies with perfect spirit. And There'll be cherubs everywhere. Yeah, and, yeah. No, it's the be, angels will be singing. Gonna play harps, right? Yeah. It's going to be perfect. And you, you, you knew, right? It's going to be people. But the 501c3 organization is like any organization. And a church job is largely a job. Yeah. And I think that that can be obscured by the idea. And if we're being really honest, a lot of times churches don't present it that way. Right. Because they're kind of like, oh, you're part of the spiritual community. Yeah. And the spiritual community is legit. And in my head, there's a clear delineation. Yes. There's a 501c3 organization and there's the spiritual community, right? Our church is City Church, right? City Church San Antonio is a spiritual community where amazing things happen. It's also a 501c3 organization that has to file papers with the government. Right. And we have to follow employment practices and all those things. And so you're coming to, so there's a job, but it's just a job. You have all, right. you fill out your timesheet, you do all this stuff and it should be different because it's a church right? because the people should be different. Right. And so I totally relate to that, but you're in this situation where you're seeing so much and just from the outside, I'm watching, I'm going, this thing is blowing up. Like this is really cool. You're nurturing the spiritual community and you were reaching people that it wasn't like you were pulling from other programs. Yeah. Like you were reaching people that were either new or didn't find their place. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you, you're, you're nurturing this part. And then the 501c3 organization, it's like, well, does this fit in the bounds of X, Y, or Z? Where does it fit? And all of a sudden you're, you're kind of contending with that. Yeah. If I was in your shoes, I would be really demotivated. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly wasn't. I, I, and partially because I was still um, very much connected to the Obni. Oh, okay. Where when you say I can't, I'll say, watch me. You're going to you double know? down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of what I did. And, and not in anger. It was it was more of like, you don't understand. I've been called to this. And I didn't come here because I needed a job. I had one, right? I mm -hmm. came here because I was called. And I yeah. felt this calling to be here. So when God asked me to do this, I was going to do it no matter what, yeah. right? No matter what happens. And so the more I felt that pressure uh, of like, man, what's what's the problem? The more I felt I was supposed to do it. I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. I can't stop. Like, yeah. I can't not do it because, you know, all this is going on. But man, it was difficult. It yeah. really was. Well, and you got the word of wilderness. So you're like, I got to keep marching. Yeah. I know that I can't stop. Yeah. So I got to keep going. What would you share? What kind of wisdom would you share? And again, this is messy. And so it's not like there's ever a point where it's wrapped up in a neat bow. Yeah. And so maybe when we have this, the 50th anniversary of this interview, um, 
Yeah. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, it'll be like, very different. Right? It'll be very different. Um, yeah. It'll be like, oh, I feel like it's wrapped up and I understand that season, but yeah. we're not there yet. And so it's a little messy. So I'm not, yeah. it's not like, hey, these are the clear takeaways and you write your book, right? Yeah. Although you would write an amazing book. That's yeah. a whole other conversation. But what are some of the lessons that you've learned about that wilderness season where you feel like you're almost, the church is working against you? I mean, in a lot of ways. And again, we're not talking about individual people necessarily, yeah. but it feels like the organization, yeah, the the organization. is against you. What kind of lessons did you take from that that you could share with someone who's in a similar place? I can tell you that I did it all wrong. All right. So, so first <laughs> off, let's, let's I know start not there. to do. Yeah, let's start there. I can tell you what not to do. And, and so part of the things I did was that I, I let that stuff in a place where only God belonged. And so instead of having more of him in there, I had more of uh, the hurts, the anger, the resentment and all those things, right? The feeling of uh, being unaccepted. And so I was angry, man. I was just angry all the time. And it was just like, just really felt the organization didn't have my best interest at heart. Therefore, they don't have anybody's best interest at heart, you know? Mm. And so I was like, if nobody else cares, I care. If nobody else cares about these people, I care about these people, right. you know? And so... uh one thing, man, was just, I don't know. It was it was really just sticking to like that idea. So God would tell me a lot, either either you know and believe that I called you to this or you're lying to people about me calling you to this. Oh, dang. Yeah. And so I was like, no, you called me to this, Lord, or else I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know? And so I had to stick to that. And he would remind me all the time, you know, right. about that. But man, I, di I didn't, I didn't handle it well. If I'm honest, I can't even say like, oh, well, I learned this. And I, yeah. like, at, at some point, I learned to disconnect that idea of the organization being Jesus, mm. right, or being God. Mm. So I had to disconnect that. This isn't you. This is the business side. Yeah. And so that took a long time to get to that place. But it wasn't until recently that I really began to heal, you know, because yeah. I, I had a bunch of triggers that would happen over and over and over. And I think I'm in a good place. And then, bam, here we go again. Then, bam, here we go again. You know, right. something organizationally would happen. And and it wasn't until recently that, that things came out that actually brought some really good healing that I'm I'm in a way different place when I think about the organization and what happened and all the things, you know, mm -hmm. that... uh uh yeah, I'm just in, I'm just in such a different place, man. That that I I learned something about me that yeah. has changed recently, which was which like the ultimate way for me to heal. Right. But but throughout that process, I I can't lie and say, oh, well, I did this and I prayed a lot. And I, yeah. I did. I prayed a lot. I I was mad at God a lot. I would have these moments where God gave me clarity about Scripture, and I was all into everything. And then something would happen, and again, I'd be mad, and I yeah. didn't know how to handle it, and you know, internally I was imploding, you know, yeah. I, I just, I didn't handle it well. And, and let's be honest, like I'm human and I didn't handle it well. And also I think I felt like I didn't have a lot of people to support because right. who could I share that with? Right. You know, if I felt the organization was against me, I couldn't share it with anybody in the organization. And I couldn't share it with anybody outside of the organization because then I would create resentments for them yeah. that I didn't want to do. So Honestly, it it was difficult, you yeah. know, because I was trying to hold all that in. But in that process, man, it made me bitter. It made me angry. It made me skeptical. It made me all these other things, you know, that 
unfortunately, I just had to deal with, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you just, you have such a, you paint such a vivid picture of you're in, you're trapped in the middle because, you know, even though you and I are cool, it's not like we could talk about all these things because organization stuff, right? That's what it feels like. And it feels like I'm a representative of the organization or you have other friends that you're closer to where it's like, I can't really turn to the organization to complain about the organization, right? right? And deal with my stuff there. But I also feel like I can't go to my spiritual community. Because if you have a job that sucks yeah. in other places, you go to your spiritual community. That's right. what it's there for. Yeah, that's what it's that's for. That's what it yeah. supports. But you're a leader in the spiritual community. And so yeah. all of a sudden it's like, well, man, I feel like I'm talking bad about the people that they're going, oh, I, I follow this and I'm listening right. to this. And you don't want to kind of corrupt the process for them. Yeah. And so you're really kind of stuck without the support of a spiritual community, without the support of an organization. And so you really are in kind of a, feeling alone in a wilderness. Yeah, yeah, it was it was tough. Man. man, I've never seen it like I I got it, but I don't think I got it, right? Yeah. Until like now and understanding how lonely that would be of being in between two worlds. Yeah. And, and losing probably the best support and what, you know, Jesus and and the way that he designed the church your spiritual community yeah. is supposed to be your support. Yeah, that's where you go. Yeah. yeah, and so not being able to talk to them. And so even though you said you did everything wrong, and I appreciate your transparency and honesty yeah. about that, there's still some lessons to pull. And I think you named some really good stuff around, one, not letting the anger consume you, yeah, right? That, that was uh, difficult, but yeah. But, yeah. but what part of what you talk to and refer about is that that anger is real subtle, it's not an obvious anger where you're coming in every day and flipping tables in the office. Yeah. It's just like a thing that hangs out there, but it can poison so much. Yeah. It can be toxic. It can yeah, get definitely. into a lot of things. Definitely it popped out in a lot of my conversations, you know, where yeah. I was cool and we're having a cool conversation. Then all of a sudden it would go far right. Right. Yeah. And like, oops. Yeah. yeah. And so you've got that piece. But one of the things that you talked about was the difference between Jesus and the church. Yeah. And when you put the church in the place of Jesus, the church is going to disappoint you because it's people. Yeah. And it's Jesus's church, but the 501c3 organization is not Jesus's church. Right. That's like a, right. I mean, it, it represents the church in a lot of ways, but it's not what Jesus is talking about when he says the gates of hell will not stand against this 501c3 yeah, organization. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah. Yeah. that's not what he means. And so take heart, I've overcome the organization. Yeah. <laughs> take heart. This tax status has overcome the world. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's an important piece of it's easy to conflate, like to confuse Jesus and the church as one thing. So when yeah. the church is mad at you, Jesus is mad at you. Yeah. Or when the church has hurt you, Jesus has hurt you. Yeah, because we're representative or we should be. Right. right? And yeah. so we kind of have to get to that place personally where we can separate the Jesus and the organization to be like, these people have hurt me and and it's okay to deal with that. Yeah. And in some cultures where it's a very command and control authori- authoritarian culture, you yeah. can't actually yeah, complain you can't, about that. You, you just that. you just like deal with it. And so if you're going through that, I'm sorry because that really stinks. But in a lot of cultures, you just you can separate those things so that your relationship with Jesus doesn't suck because your time at the church sucks. Yeah. And whew, that's so hard for all of us cuz I mean I'll keep it super real too. Like I've had seasons here at, where it's been really difficult and times where I felt like I'm going to leave and yeah. times where I've, I remember when we've had, when we had a big transition, when uh, Michelle Jack, pastor Michelle, our executive pastor came in 
to, I got told the night before that she was essentially doing almost the same job that I was. Yeah. But don't worry about your job. Everything's going to be okay. And I was just so frustrated with the culture and some of the things that were happening that I was like, when I, when she came in, I told her, I'm like, I, I'm like gone in six months. Wow. Like if, if these things don't get better, because I was frustrated about the shadow culture, mm. what I would call of yeah. like, there's a way that things get, you're told that things get done. And then there's the way the things way actually get done. Get done. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying to put everything into the way things I'm told they get done. And I'm like, I'm doing, it, I'm doing it. And then I realized, well, no, that's not really how things get done here. Yeah. And that was really disillusioning. Like it really was just like, huh, right. Even if yeah. I worked for a corporate organization, I found that out playing those political games behind the scenes to try to get stuff done. Yeah, it's like, that's too much work. No. Just let me get the job done. Yeah. Let me do what I need to do, yeah. Well, and it's, ugh. And as somebody who's very relational, and a lot of times that political stuff is harmful to relationships. Yeah, because wedge. Yeah, well, because you're going around people to get stuff done. And it feels dishonoring, and it's not great. Yeah. And the hard part is I would actually be really good at the game. And I, I mean, I probably was. I'm sure I hurt people in my time here playing along. Mm -hmm. It's my responsibility for my choices. So I'm not like, oh, right. the culture made me do it, right. right? Like, I did it. And that's, but that was so erosive. It feels like it, like, I think of, <laughs> I think of the Grand Canyon, how over time water just kind of eroded yeah. it, like, to be a canyon versus, out, yeah. yeah. And it feels like it does that to your soul, that that yeah. culture of non-honoring, right? Just right. erodes your soul. And even some of what you're talking about, working for a church, and when when there's the toxicity and all that stuff there, it just erodes your soul from the inside. And man, it it makes your prayer time complicated. It oh, makes yeah. it like it just it just sets you in a different spot. And that was my experience. Yeah. And I went from these prayers of like joy and seeing God move to like just begging him to get me out of this mess. I'm like, God, why? Yeah. Why would you why would this place, the place I love, the place where I met you, why would this be my wilderness? I don't understand it, you know? Mm. But but you know, you talk about lessons. A lesson I learned that I share with other people who lead now is that sometimes you can feel very much alone as a leader mm -hmm. because of that yeah. position you're in, right? Where you can't uh, say certain things to certain people because it may make them stumble and you yeah. don't want to do that. You don't want to be responsible for that. And at the same time, you're not lying or hiding anything. You're just, there's just things you don't want to share yeah. to hurt people. And so... That's that's a lesson I learned. Sometimes it can feel lonely, but but you're not alone. Because on the other side of that, I didn't know you were going through that, right? Right. And and for the most part, I, I truly believe nobody was truly out to like hurt me. Right. Things just happened and, and because of the way they happened, like it created all these hurts. And and then there was stuff in me that like I still had to deal with, you know. Oh, for sure. Well, and it comes like, you know, we're both caught in the in that lonely place in the middle where it's like, I don't feel like I can talk to the organization about the organization. Yeah. Well, I could, right? I don't feel like I can complain though. Like yeah. I don't feel like I could blow off steam. And then also I can't talk to the people that I lead or manage because then it's like you're leading people in a different, because you don't want to be the person that's like church split, like yeah. create rebellion, yeah, yeah. right? Like a rebellious kind of spirit. And so we both felt kind of trapped in the middle. And so, 
it makes it really difficult to connect. And I, a big piece of this podcast is just exploring the question, why? Yeah. Like, it, there's got to be a better way. I, I know that that's, I can't accept that that is it. That we, yeah, that we just have to be okay with this. That, that if you lead at a church, you have to be alone and it has to suck because you can't do one thing. And I think there's things that we can do to the you know organization. And I've talked to other folks in organizations about creating organizations where you can be transparent yeah. and vulnerable and there's good culture. And I will say that like, since I've had my issues and shout out to Pastor Michelle Jack, like the culture's gotten a lot better, right? The piece that I hated about the culture I feel like has changed significantly. Yeah. And so I feel like we, there's no more of the shadow kind of thing of getting stuff done. Now, maybe that's just my perception because of my position, right? Yeah. I am on the executive team. You are, and associate <laughs> pastor, you are right? on the other side of that. Right? Yeah. And so maybe it's just because of my position, but yeah. it did get better. And there was some more transparency in what we were doing. And so there has to be something with transparency on this side, but there also has to be a way you can exist in the spiritual community and benefit from it because what ends up happening is that you feed it and you serve it oh yeah this is now i'm getting to a thing you as a leader in a church you're serving the spiritual community you're in you're putting yourself into it because you're leading people you're growing people you're discipling people you're leading people to jesus yeah. you're baptizing people you're pouring in and, and making it go but you're not getting any of the benefit from it Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like a com just continual withdrawal. Yeah, right. It's a constant withdrawal. And if church is a withdrawal, like, it can't work like that. Yeah. Life just can't work like that. Yeah, and at so some point, you'll be empty. Yeah. They're Because they're you can't give what you don't have. At right. some point, you start withdrawing and getting into negative. Yeah. And when you start getting into the, it's like debt. Yeah. Once you start getting into the negative, that compound interest really hits you. Yeah, it gets and you. That's how people get burnt out. I'm convinced that's how a lot of people make moral failure in judgment in churches where, and I'm talking from not a, I mean, you look at these guys that have gotten in trouble, right? It, it's, it feels like it's every month, another senior pastor that, of a name that we know gets in trouble for something yeah, or steps down or does whatever. And there's all these stories, right? There's the fall of Mars Hill and there's the stuff with high bulls and there's yeah. all these things that have been going on. Uh, right? And you can go back years and years of this. Yeah. you Right. And you just keep going and you go, at the top, it feels like people are feeling the exact same way. Yeah, It's not like there's somebody who's like sitting there going, man, I get all the benefits of the community and I get to complain about the organization. It feels yeah. like no matter what level or layer you are in the organization, the problem is the same. Yeah. And so I, it, there has to be something better where we can benefit from the spiritual community that we pour into and so that it's not yeah. just a withdrawal. Because... The system of withdrawal, eventually that debt bankrupts you. Yeah. And you're just done. Then you're done, yeah. Yeah, and I meet so many people who have deconstructed, I, I say I've met, I've talked to, sometimes I've just seen them on Twitter, right? But, yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of people that their experience with church causes them to go, I don't know about this Jesus thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's part of the importance of what you were talking about, of keeping them separate. Yeah. right of jesus is not the church the church is not jesus yeah and even though it's his church your spiritual relationship with jesus is its own thing yeah and it's a beautiful thing and it's a wonderful thing and you can do that whether you belong to a church whether you don't belong to a church it's better when you belong to a church yeah but if you can't be part of that spiritual community you can continue to do that yeah at the same time 
you know, the spiritual community feeds that so well because you have to be in community. Yeah. You, you just have to. Uh, one of the biggest things I think we need to remember about our, our uh, relationship with Christ is it's very personal, right? It's not yeah. general. Yeah. A and we often generalize our relationship. Mm. That's why we connect it to everything yeah. else, you know? Yeah. But, but we got to remember it's very personal. It's not cookie cutter. He's very personal with us. He knows... Like sometimes he answers me in sarcastic ways because he knows I'm sarcastic, right? And yeah. I understand exactly what he's trying to tell me. And so like it's those kind of things that, that if we generalize our relationship with Jesus, that's the kind of relationship we're going to have. And, and that relationship is fragile. Mm. But if we understand that our relationship is very personal, right? He says that he knows every hair on our head. You know, yeah. that's how personal he is with us. And and. The crazy thing is, is that he brought you to him for that personal relationship, right? right. Not for a general relationship, right. but for a personal relationship. So that's one of the biggest things about that, because no matter where you go, no matter what church you go to, no matter what church you attend, you're going to get hurt for some reason, right? right? Whether it's intentional or unintentional, if you're going to look for what people are doing to make you feel good at church or wherever, you're going to get hurt. Mm. But if you're going for a relationship with Jesus, when you get hurt, you understand that that is not Jesus, right? That yeah. that's, that's people. Oh, that's so. a good word. That is such a good word right there of church, being a part of a church body, because the church is people. That's what we say, right? Yeah. You are the church, right? Yeah. Be the church, not go do church, right? You are the church. The church is people, and people are always going to hurt you. And so being a part of a church is less like, an activity or uh, something you participate in, it's a relationship. Yeah. And in every close relationship, you will get hurt. Yeah. If you love something or love somebody, they hurt you. Yeah. Like, they, I mean, you know, Jesus accepted kind of, although it feels like sometimes Jesus hurts us. But it, the, well, that's a whole, that's usually a, that's it's a, a different story. That's yeah, a yeah. whole different conversation. But, but also that's, that's more on a personal level, right? Yeah. That's more on a personal relationship. Maybe we asked for something and it didn't get answered. So right. we feel like Jesus hurt us. Yeah. Right. So it's more personal. It's not general. And that's, that's, that's my true. point to that, right? Like everything that we think about with our relationship with Christ is very personal, uh, but we tend to generalize it. So everything hurts us and everything makes us think that Jesus is hurting us. You know yeah. what I mean? Ooh. Brother, that is amazing. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story. Yeah, no, I absolutely. appreciate it. I think it's going to help a lot of people. You know, some, something I learned here recently, uh, um, we had some transition happen here recently at the church where, yeah. you know, we had to move some like ev jobs. Every and, church does. And yeah, yeah, I mean, and if we're, church is always, okay, I'm just going to keep it 100 since we're already like however long into this, like we had to let people go. Yeah. Right. And churches always transition people. We never fire people. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like, if we're being real, we let people yeah, go. We let people go. Yeah. So, so that that set a trigger, right, for yeah. me, right? Because again, I had this idea, and mind you, this was recently. So I had this idea that if the church doesn't have my best interest at heart, the organization, then it didn't have theirs either. Mm. And so I was angry and I was mad because I was like, there are different ways we could have done this. And then, like Michelle Jack. She's great, man. Yeah. She didn't have to explain any of this to me, and she did. Like, down to numbers that I don't care about, right? But she's like, I want you to understand. And right before that, I had a, a conversation with our friend Gabby, you yeah. know? And she's, you know, talking about me leading and, oh, you're leading from the back. And that's, you know, it's you're just like, you know, doing like Jesus. Yeah. And 
man, it just spewed out of me. And I was like, what if I don't want to be last anymore? Mm. What if I don't want to be not enough? And, yeah. and I was like, where did that come from? Right. Yeah. And in the process of that, I'm like, whoa, what is that Lord? So, so let me, let me share this with organizational hurts. Right. Cause yeah. I, I need to get to this part. Um, what happened was all my life I was told I wasn't going to be good enough, right? As a young person, sure. you're not going to be good enough. You're never amount to anything. There's all these things that people spew at, at young people when they're angry and they're broken. Yeah. Well, uh, as I got older, I would uh, uh, start a job and I would get to these positions. And I'm like, man, I just got this one more position and I'll be in a leadership role. And man, this is great. Like uh, this is, I'm, I'm getting it, you right. know, I'm working hard to get here. And it was always given to someone else, right? Mm. So then I'm like, I'm not good enough for that, right? And so it would it would really crush me. Well, then I'd go to the next one and, and I'd, you know, excel and I'd excel and I'd yeah. be really good at what I did. And I was like always trying to get to that one job that I was like, man, I made it here, you know? Right. And it'd be given to someone else and you're not good enough. And so when I got here and I was asking what I needed to do to grow, to be in a more pastoral position and things of that nature. Like I wasn't ever given a clear answer, right? Yeah. And one of the answers was like, well, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Well, great, but that doesn't help me, right? And yeah. I felt like it was very dismissive, right? Well, what I learned through my process uh, after having this conversation with our friend Gabby was that from when I was young and I was told that I was never good enough or I'd never be good enough, everything that happened in my life just affirm that lie. Mm. So when I got to here, right, when I got to this realization here that God, God had been speaking to me that this was a me thing and not an organizational thing. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't accept that, God. I don't. I, I, I want them to take responsibility. Like, I don't want to take our responsibility. I always do that. You yeah. know, I'm always the bigger person, right? right. And I'm right. mad at this yeah. point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, I don't want to do that, God. And he's like, just listen to me for a second. I just need to tell you that this is a you thing. This isn't an organizational thing. Mm. And so when I got to that conversation with Gabby, afterwards, God was speaking to me. He's like, remember I told you this was a you thing, not an organizational thing? So what happened was when, when I got to this point where I started asking what I do to grow into a more pastoral position and things of that nature, um, when I wasn't uh, told how or what to do to be able to grow, it just affirmed the lie mm. that I wasn't good enough. And so I wasn't good enough for this organization. This yeah. is why all the things happened from the beginning. This is why I felt the way I feel and all these things. And so God was like, this is what I was trying to tell you. This is a you thing, not an organizational thing. Not that there wasn't something on the other side, right, for the organization. Sure. But, but that it didn't matter. Yeah. Right? What mattered was I have an issue and I need to fix it. I need to work through it. And so that's what I've been doing, right? Yeah. Since then, I've been working through this issue of not me not being good enough. And what's crazy is that when I was two years old, we'd never gone to church. I didn't know who God was. Yeah. I didn't know anything about God. Um, I woke up one morning and I had told my mom that God had spoken to me. And, and she laughed. And mm -hmm. she's like, what did he tell you? And I was like, he said I was going to be a preacher. And so God reminds me of this, right, recently. And he's like, man, I knew you were going to sin I knew you were going to do all the things you were going to do. I knew you were going to be a drug addict. I knew that. Mm. But I chose you anyway. I chose you when you were two years old. Yeah. And man, that has changed my life. And so going through this wilderness season, right, I feel like I'm at the end of that. I'm at a growth part, right? right. Not that there's not going to be any more difficult times. Sure. But that I can release the organization 
from any debt I thought it owed me, you know? Mm. And I can be like, I need to focus on me because what I can change is I can change me. And uh, so God's been speaking to me about me, like what I bring to the table and how, you know, I can sour a room yeah. with my attitude or whatever. And, and like that needs to be corrected. And so with this process of healing through that idea that I'm not good enough, because it's not even about being good enough or not good enough. Right. Even mm -hmm. though God has God had spoken to me right. like, man, I chose you at two years old. Like right. I, I called you. Right. Um, it's not even about that. It's about being obedient to what I feel God has called me to do. Right. Mm. And, and doing that. Focus on that. Stop focusing on these other things that are distractions that, that Satan has set forth. These traps for me to trip over, for yeah. me to say, well, I don't want to do this God thing anymore. Right. Right. Because I grew up in church and I grew up all over church and I never saw God anywhere I was at. But I got to this point where I'm like, well, I still don't see God, right? If yeah. I'm looking at people and then I'm like, well, I need to stop looking at it that way. I need to stop looking through that distorted lens and seeing, okay, what's the real problem? And the real problem is me, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing I can right. change. That's the thing right. I can fix. And so going through all these years, right? I'm like, God, you should have said that, you know, yeah. five <laughs> years ago, Lord. It would have been much easier, <laughs> right? But I wasn't in a place to receive that. And I wasn't in a place where I had other pressing issues, right, that yeah. God was working through. And so now, you know, coming to this season of my life, you know, I lost my mom last year and that whole year was difficult, right? Like there was a lot of people we lost in 2021 yeah. and man, it was so hard and emotionally and, and mentally it, it took its toll on me. Uh, and then we hit that point and I was like, oh gosh, I can't take anymore, you right. know? And, and then God revealed this thing about me that I just, in my mind, uh, I wasn't good enough and yeah. I would never be good enough. And and that's why these things happen. And it, w it wasn't true, right? It was just situations happen where Satan tried to affirm that lie that, yeah. that I wasn't good enough. And so there's some growth, you know, that's right. happening right now in me, right? Like, mind you, here we are almost seven years yeah. later, right? <laughs> but but I'm getting to this place of some clarity where I've been able to release the organization of a debt that, that they may or may not have owed me anyway, right? Yeah. But but saying that that's not important. What's important is that I'm struggling with this and I need to focus on this. I need to work on this, you know? And I, I think as as people, as Christians, bro, it's hard being a Christian. Mm, it's not mm -hmm. for weak people. No. You know what I mean? No. Like, I thought I was going to be this guy who believed in Jesus and just came to church on Sunday and was nicer to my wife and children. Yeah. And I could go home and watch football, you know? Right. But but God was like, uh, no, I want you to lead this group and I want you to do that, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you know? Yeah, You know, because of where he's brought me from, man, from being an addict for 10 years to like being on the other side of that, there's clarity, there's like life after this junk that, yeah. that gets set before you, you know? And so it's amazing to be here, even through all the mess, right? Even right. working at a church and saying like, my ultimate goal was that when and if I leave this place, that I don't leave here with any malice or anger or like in spite of what I do next. I don't want it to be in spite of, yeah. right? I want it to be because I've grown and because I'm doing it because God has called me to do it. Right. So anything I do, like there has to be peace with me and the organization and me and like where I'm at. You know what I mean? Because right? yeah. I don't want to move and then take, this is the problem all my life, right? You, you have yep. a problem, you yep. move into the next relationship and you take that with you. Same problem. Right. And so here it is again, right? And then I become the common denominator. Yeah. And so it, it is important for us to heal in order to move forward, you know? And if we keep jumping from place to place and church to church, it's hard to get rooted. It's hard to get rooted in God's word. It's hard to get to that place of like, okay, God, uh, I believe, but help me with my unbelief, you know? Yeah. 
because God's okay with that, you know? And so if we don't stand firm in our faith and, and, and even in the storms, you know, it, it, and it's detrimental to our relationship with Christ. Yeah. Ooh, that is a whole word, brother, because so much of what you were talking about is that negative narrative yeah. that you just lived with. And when you, you know, you're releasing the church from a debt, that's forgiveness. Yeah. Right? That's forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. You, you forgave the church for what it did or didn't do, right? Because right. you're not in charge of was this right, was this wrong, was this whatever. Because yeah. part of what you're talking about when you would hear the what do I have to do to become a pastor? And you would get like unclarity. It wasn't personal, but because yeah. of the personal narrative, you're like, oh, they're telling me I'm not good enough. Meanwhile, it's just like, I don't know, do we have a process for people to become pastors? I don't think we do, right? Yeah. And so it, there's a lack of clarity in the organization that wasn't personal. But when each of us carry this negative narrative that we have, yeah. we take it that way yeah, because yeah. it's it's very personal. Because it's like, well, that just tells me that I'm not cut out for this. Well, that just tells me blah, blah, blah. And you could fill it in for you. Whether yeah. it's fear, pride, everybody has this internal, this negative narrative that they get set with at some point. But you in this season of healing, and forgiveness takes time, right? That's yeah. one of the best things that Birdie, right, says you can't microwave forgiveness. Yeah. And so this whole process in some ways is about forgiveness of you healing to the point where you can go, I'm releasing you organization for your debts. And I'm going to focus on what I can control. Yeah. Whether you do right by me or wrong by me, I'm going to do the best that I can so that I can leave here with peace. Yeah. Right? Personal peace, right? So much as it depends on you, be at peace. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And in that, though, there's this huge redemption because this has been, it's been a hard couple of years. Yeah. But I love to see, just love, love, love to see the, idea that while things aren't perfect, right, you've drawn your circle of like, this is what I can control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't control anything outside of this and trying to make this better. And in that, there is healing yeah. and there is redemption. Whether the organization ultimately gets better or not, I mean, obviously, I hope it does. I work for it, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. one of the reasons this podcast exists is to make it better. Yeah. So that we can be a place that's better on the inside right. so that we don't repeat this kind of a thing. Yeah, and, th and that's my thing too. If I stay where I'm at, I'm not making the organization better, Yeah, right? I'm making it bitter. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I have to change. I have to be different so that it can change because if I don't, we, we stay in that cycle, you know? And yeah. you talk about forgiveness in the marriage program. We talk about that all the time, oh, right? Yeah. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's a commitment. Mm -hmm. And so you commit to forgiving until you don't have to do it anymore, until you don't have to constantly think about it. And and thankfully, I have grasped that concept and I'm, I'm good. Like, and, and you know what? My soul feels lighter. Yeah. My spirit feels lighter. I'm much happier, you know, because right. I'm not dragging around this feeling of like, you owe me something. And, yep. and you know what? To be honest with you, I don't even know anymore, right? Like, yeah. I don't. I, I know that what I believed all these years, I believed. Yeah. But at this point, I'm like, I, I don't even know. But what I do know is that I have a problem with this idea of self-worth. Yeah. And that's what I need to focus on. Right. So, yeah. It's, it's Dude, just, it's that, a, it's that's a so strong. Though. Like, it's so powerful. And to me, what, what it speaks to is that there's somebody out there that's listening to this that needs to hear it. Because they've either left the organization or they're sitting in the organization or the problem with the organization has yet to arise, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, there's somebody that needs to hear it of like, one, there is an end. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you don't have to, 
And I mean, look, if you're in an abusive organization, like I leave. Yeah. Some sometimes you gotta go. Sometimes you gotta yeah, go. And so we're not go. saying like just like in relationships, don't stay in an abusive relationship. Right. We're not trying to tell you to do that. Yeah, yeah. But if you're at a spot where you're where you're wrestling and it's struggle, it's it's what I would like in marriage, it's like a normal argument where it's like yeah. every every marriage you have dis disagreements and you argue and things like that but if you're in a spot where you're struggling with where you are in the church there is a way for you to process through even if the church doesn't play ball right even if even if the organization isn't going through a process of redemption and uh you know forgiveness with you reconciliation that's what i was looking for even when when it when they're not doing that you can find it for yourself you yeah, can find absolutely. peace for yourself. And that is what people need to hear. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh it's tough. Yeah. Well, it's tough. because you don't get to skip the junk. You can't skip the messed up middle. Yeah. You can't skip the suffering. You can't skip the struggle. You have to go through it. And that's why I think you calling the church the wilderness, it, setting it up as the wilderness is really a perfect analogy because the wilderness is a place of struggle. But it's not a place where God is distant from you. Yeah. Right. And it he's taking you through and there's no shortcuts. Right. Because when Satan tempts Jesus in the wilderness, he offers him things that are already his. It's just take yeah. the shortcut, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. If you go this route, it's easier. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Do you really want to suffer? Take yeah. the shortcut. Take the shortcut. And Jesus is like, no, nah, I gotta suffer. Right. I gotta go through it. I gotta experience all of it. Cause he could have fast forwarded through all of it. Yeah. But there's something about actually experiencing it that there's redemption in that. And I don't I don't get it necessarily. It's one of the mysteries of God, but because we want him to skip our suffering. I want him to skip my suffering. Yeah. But the suffering forms us in a different way, creates a different capacity for holiness, creates a different capacity for our gifts. Yeah. Like you I I think you've never been a stronger communicator than now. Yeah. Well, thank you. Right? I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah, especially when you're not speaking out of hurt, yeah. it's easier to, to be able to tell the truth. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's Ooh, that's such a, a different. That's word. a tweetable word, right? When yeah. you're not speaking out of hurt, it's easier to tell the truth. Yeah. Oh, tweet that, bro. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to say? Like any any parting thoughts about it? Because I know that we've largely hung out in your story, and I I don't want to leave you like, man, I wish I could have said this. No, man. Honestly, like uh, just talking about like where I'm at, right? What, what, where God has kind of redeemed me in that sense of like saying, Hey man, you're still struggling with this. And and honestly, I wasn't even aware, right? That that's what I was struggling with. Like that self-worth issue. And my Mm -hmm. wife has told me several times and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not even struggling with that. Yeah. And she goes, it sounds, it really sounds like it, you know? And I'm like, nah, you don't know what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. Jesus didn't tell me, Uh, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I mean? But then I get to this point where I'm like, Oh, Oh man, like I am. Oh Yeah. And so what, what's crazy is you think about that wilderness situation, right? Where uh, Jesus goes through all this stuff first, this temptation mm. and all these things. Mm. And he's hungry. And then the angels come, yeah. right? And then he's comforted. Yeah. So he's not comforted during the process. He's comforted after it happens, wow. right? Yeah. And so I feel like that's what God has shown me in this. Like, hey, man, I, I'm with you the whole time. I just needed you to get it right. Wow. You know, when you think about the Israelites and you think about Jesus, right? Yeah. There's a difference between 40 days and 40 years. Oh, yo, right? yes, Lord. Well, 40 days because Jesus got it right. 
40 years is because we got it wrong, right? And we kept getting it wrong. <laughs> right. Until a new generation came. Right. Like, Y'all ain't going to get it right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, here we go. Keep wondering, you know? And I felt like that was me, right? The, the more things that I did incorrectly, like it was longer to get out of that season. Like God needed me to grow and he needed me to learn something. And you know what's cool about this is that we don't have to pretend that these things don't happen. Right. Like, we don't have to pretend. We're not faking the fact that these things happen. Yeah. We're not pretending that they didn't hurt me. Like, we're talking about real things, about being hurt by organization and being hurt right. by church. Like, we can talk about these things and we're not bashing anybody. It's it's real life. It happens yep. all the time. And, and I, what I love about this, especially being able to share like, hey, these are these things. And, and I'm, not, I'm not sharing it in a way that's like, I'm trying to badmouth anybody. I'm right. saying this was my struggle, right? Right. Um, being able to do that while working for a church is amazing because who does that, right? Yeah. Like who? What church would let you do it? And, and I think that's awesome that that we're even allowed to do this, you know. And and there were times where I wanted to quit and mm. all kinds of things that happened. And you know, one word from Michelle Jack stayed with me this whole time. Yeah. And even today when things get a little difficult, I can hear her voice say it. But but at one point I was telling her, like, I can't do this anymore. Like yeah. I can't, I can't take this. I can't, I don't, I don't want to be here. Like I, I think God made a mistake. And she's like, you know what? Don't ever quit on a bad day. Mm. And man, that has helped me to maintain. That's and so good. so on the good days where I was trying to find a reason to quit, I couldn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But but I can always find a reason to quit on a oh, bad day. Everybody can. So you think about your your faith. Don't ever quit on a bad day. Dang. You know? And, and that is Ooh. that is transcended into my life in different ways. So she doesn't even know that, that she did that for me. But shout out to shout Pastor out to Michelle, Michelle Jack. Jack. Yeah. We've been celebrating Michelle Jack I know, today. I, I love know. it. Don't tell her. Yeah, she no, I, <laughs> might go to her head. <laughs> might go to her head. Yeah, no, we're giving her some flowers, though, uh, which we got to get her on the podcast. Got to get her on the podcast so she can talk about. Because guess what? You know who else has church hurt? I think she probably does have mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here to I'm not here to put her business out right, on the street. Right, right. But my guess is she's got some stuff yeah. to process through, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's dude, great. that's awesome. And so this is a point where we take a little bit of a break and I will like either have a theme song or just like sing like, it's non-judgment joy zone, happy action fun time, non-judgment joy zone, happy action fun time, nice. where I just ask you about what's bringing you joy right now. Hopefully somebody will find some music yeah. where, where it doesn't require me to sing every time. But we can do that. So what are, like, are you watching anything, listening to anything, reading anything that's just bringing you joy? Um, man, I, I am reading through a couple different things, but, but yeah, there's certain things in those books that God has really shown me about who he is. And man, I have a new grandson. He's, he's almost a year. Um, mind you, he came a few months after I lost my mom. So it was, Ooh. it was almost like a godsend, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I've been enjoying him, man, being a, a new grandfather and just watching him just love and be happy has taught me to like, even as a baby, to speak good things into his mm. life, something I didn't do with my own kids. Sure. And so I tell him all kinds of good stuff that he doesn't understand, but but I want to plant that seed. Yeah. And so, man, it, it brings me a lot of joy just to be with him, be around him, you know, yeah. which is uh, just things like that. I love life, it. Family, you know. I love it because something that I think is missing from a lot of Christian life and church imagination is joy. Yeah. Right, we become very serious because we have this big yeah. mission of saving the world and doing for Jesus. And sometimes we just need joy. Yeah. And 
so I like to ask everybody about what brings them joy. And a grandchild is a perfect thing to bring them joy. You're too, I feel like you're not like, what's going to be your name? Because you're not grandpa. No, I'm papa right now. You're papa. It depends, right? Whatever he wants to call me. Yeah. I've been called a lot of things in my day. So (laughs) so I'm sure uh, he will say something lovingly. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Whatever he wants to call me. We we go by papa right now, but. But uh, apparently he doesn't know how to say that word, but he can say Nana, which is... Come on. You know. Come on, kid. Step uh, it yeah, up. Let's yeah, get yeah, Papa. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to start putting it Although with... I'm sure your wife feels good about oh, that. Oh, yeah. She loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's like, oh, he loves you. Not as much as mom, but he loves yeah. you. I started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> but he's bringing you all sorts it, of joy. It, he is. It really is. Like, especially in the difficult season with, with losing yeah. my mom. Like, this little boy has just brought something to my life that man i've needed for a long time you know yeah. just it, it's funny how god works sometimes it what i thought would be a difficult situation for my daughter ended up being such a blessing and i don't know it's just been great oh know? man ain't that just like him yeah love, love yeah. it when god does won't that. he will yeah oh yes he will <laughs> i love it, man chamberlain yeah. thank you so much for sitting down with me man yeah, i know that it wasn't easy to like open up and all that stuff so thank you no thank you i appreciate it yeah, awesome well thank you everybody for listening to chamberlain is an awesome guy and uh, we'll be back soon man i am so thankful to be able to have that conversation with chamberlain and then he was vulnerable and opened up and we're able to explore some wounds some stuff that is still healing and is in process but i think we did it in a way that's honorable to everybody and in a way that can help other people that are going through the same thing It's not an easy thing to do. So thank you for listening. And if you're out there, you've been hurt by a church or you're deconstructing your faith, or maybe you're just not sure about Jesus or you've walked away, man, just thank you for being a part of this conversation. And I just want you to know I care about you either way. And you don't have to throw out Jesus when you throw out the church and and figuring out what the difference is between the two is a very, very good thing. So thank you for being a part of the conversation. Click the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Give us a rating as well. That would be really helpful with the podcast. You can also submit questions on a voice message on Anchor or Spotify, or you can email me at john at betteronthehinside.com. This podcast, it's a City Church production and part of the Church Digital Network, which is a whole lot of fun. Well, I love y'all and I'll see you again soon.